Today, I'm really excited to have Karapet Gyumjibashan on the podcast. Karapet is the Senior Director of Product Management at Crisp, a renowned application that eliminates background noises and echoes from your online calls in real time. Prior to Crisp, Karapet worked at several other companies as a manager and as an engineer before he decided to head into the role of startups and work at Crisp. Karapet is also a fellow content creator on LinkedIn, so please feel free to go check that out. It was really great having Karapet on the podcast because Crisp is an application that I use every day um, with my calls and on Discord. And so it's really great to get to know his philosophy about product management and how the product went from where it was in the initial stage to the massive behemoth that it is today. So with that said, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, Karapat, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you on. So, you know, before we get started, um, you know, I always love to ask uh, the this, this simple question, but what brought you to the world of product management? What what led you here? Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, story. So I, I, I come in from an engineering background. Back in the day, I was designing microelectronic chips, you know, memory circuits and stuff like that. Uh, but then I kind of discovered for myself that uh, I'm, I, I love technology and I love engineering, but that's not the only thing I, I'm excited about or interested in, right? Uh, I'm also interested in business and design. Uh, so what I discovered is that this narrow uh, chip design engineer uh, sort of title was a little bit too narrow for my interest. I was interested in more things. So uh, that's where you kind of naturally gravitate towards uh, product management because of how wide of a scope it covers and uh, how many things you have a chance to dive into and explore. So, uh, and then uh, I had a chance to work with an amazing uh, person from whom I learned a lot, like Amur Avakyan, who was uh, working, he had experience at Google and then at Expedia and has, um, and uh, I worked with him on at Ginossi and he co-founded Ginossi. This is a hotel automation platform. Uh, and I learned a lot uh, from him. Kind of, he brought me to the world of product management, kind of uh, helped to think uh, like a product manager in terms of value uh, and how to make the value, how to present it and how to make it work. Um, and yeah, kind of that, that that's my journey. And afterwards, when I discovered CRISP, uh, I was very excited because that was, uh, it was back in 2019. And uh, back in the day, the AI, it was the first hype wave of AI, let's call it this way. And every startup that would integrate some sort of, I don't know, Amazon transcription API, let's, let's say, would call themselves AI startup. Uh, and I was a bit cynical about this AI thing uh, before I learned about CRISP and the technology. And I thought that this is the first, you know, real world use of AI uh, that is quite fascinating. And I could see a, a lot of use cases for it. So uh, I was I was very excited about it. At, and that's when I joined CRISP, where I right. am. 
Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, diving into what you were saying before then about, about first getting into product management, I feel like that's a very similar story to, to even to me, right? So I, I started off as a software engineer. Um, as time went on, I enjoyed coding. I love engineering, but I want to be part of those business discussions and those design discussions and the value to the customer. And that's why I naturally gravitated towards product management. It wasn't necessarily because of a hatred or, or, or some type of dislike towards engineering. It's yeah, just a wanting to have multiple uh, facets under your control and, and being able to contribute to them. So definitely, I, I definitely resonate with your story there. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then the second point you mentioned there, like um, the mentorship part is huge. Uh, and that's something as a young product manager, I've been trying to get from, from across the industry, from people like yourself and, and other product managers leading, just trying to get those men that mentorship and trying to understand uh, the best techniques I can employ uh, as a product manager so I can grow my arsenal of, uh, of tools. And, and the third point you mentioned there about AI is, is, is so interesting because I feel like even today, you know, you mentioned that hype cycle in 2019 and, and how there's a lot of, for lack of a better way of saying it, a lot of BS AI products that, you know, aren't actually AI products. I feel like even today uh, with GPT-3, we'll see a lot of products that are just wrappers around GPT-3 and they claim themselves yeah. as AI, but they're not actually contributing like, <laughs> to the AI, right? They're just doing a wrapper on something that's already been built. So super interesting to hear those uh, different thoughts and um, and definitely like, Crisp is one of those companies that's really actually diving into AI and, and trying to solve a problem here. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're very passionate about AI and uh, science in general. Uh, and like, if you look at companies of our side or of our size or our stage, we have a disproportionately big AI research group, and that's right. something that we're quite uh, proud of. Uh, and and we think of it as an advantage because we can bake this uh, cool AI techs uh, technologies in house, uh, and we believe this gives us uh, an edge. For sure, for sure. So you mentioned what attracted you to Crisp. So I'll ask you this: like, what's made you stick around at Crisp? Because of course, somebody of somebody of your caliber has so many different opportunities out there to contribute. So what has made you stick around with the team and and, and the company of Crisp? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I think um, the interesting part about that is like, I it, it's about how you're. How your, how your job changes, right? The titles might stay the same, but the content of what you do uh, changes in such big range that you kind of have to, every time you have to reinvent yourself. So maybe I stick, you, you call it, you, you say that I sticked around at Crisp, yeah, but the <laughs> content of what I was doing during these several years uh, was very, very different. So from the skills perspective or uh, career perspective or what I've seen, uh, it's been a, quite, a, quite a ride and a growth story. So when you're, when you're a part of a, a growing company and a growing product, uh, you have to kind of keep up with the growth and uh, you have to always reposition yourselves to the best uh, way to solve these new problems that are thrown at you. And especially in case of CRISP, um, we launched in 2019, and then in 2020, the pandemic happened. 
And right. suddenly it turned out that, you know, everybody's having calls from home and home is not that friendly a place for having calls, right? <laughs> right. Uh, there are dogs barking, children crying, etc. So, uh, and, and we've been humbled with the opportunity to help so many people to, you know, be and stay professional in those crazy times. So uh, it's been a story of growth and my job at first from the initial part when I was the first PM of a startup with a task of, you know, figuring out the PMF and finding these points where we uh, fit with a market, that, that's where it became a growth story. Like, how do you figure out growth and how do you manage to scale uh, so fast in such a, a new reality and the new market? Um, and, uh, and this kind of reinvention of the job kind of continues uh, till now. And that's what excites me and uh, keeps me at the company. And also the culture and the leadership are quite uh, adequate and are listening. So uh, that's also something, the, the feeling that you're uh, feeling heard, uh, especially, and it's especially important for somebody in product, right? Mm -hmm. Because the product by definition is uh working cross-functionally and across the different organizations. So it's important to be heard. Uh, and I feel like I'm heard. Uh, so uh, that's also a great motivator to stick around. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, um, you know, I, I think the three biggest reasons I've seen people leave is, you know, A, they don't feel like there's as much learning opportunity, growth opportunities inside the company anymore. B, they don't agree with leadership. Or see that you know they just get another opportunity, and of course the third one you can't do much about. But the first two, especially, uh, you know, it seems like crisp is right on the nose there, where you know you're getting that growth opportunity inside the company, you're getting to optimize for your learning and leadership, and you are on the same page, which is which is always great. So uh, that's really great to hear, and it's good to hear that um, you know crisp is chugging along. <laughs> um, but cool, let's get into the product. So let's get into the product at crisp and. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of our viewers probably know what CRISP is, but in case they don't, CRISP is an AI-powered noise-canceling application that removes background noise from online calls in real time. And my own personal story with CRISP is I had this exact same problem a couple of years ago where I wanted to, you know, I had to take calls on the go uh, or at home. There's a lot of, uh, you know, my, my mom was cooking in the kitchen or like, you know, I, or like, you know, my dad's watching TV and, you know, <laughs> that's not very great for taking video calls. So... I, I searched for a solution. I became familiar with Crisp, and voila, you know, I turned Crisp on, and 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 you know, it worked. And <laughs> it's it's one of those magical moments. I think as a product manager, you really aspire for that magical moment where the customer takes your product, and and in that instant, they realize how much value has been added to their life. Uh, so <laughs> I felt that, and that's why I got super excited about Crisp. And you know, alongside the Mac alone, uh, the standalone Mac app. Crisp is also integrated within Discord, and for my own personal use case, I use that a lot as well. So, if you are on Discord and and you take calls on Discord, more more likely than not, you are already using Crisp uh, Crisp technology there. So, super exciting. And you know, when when we talk about Crisp, in my opinion, Crisp seems to have the best noise cancellation in the industry. So, my first question to you was, you know. What do you think Crisp did so well to let it shine against other incumbents in the space and to really uh, define itself as, a, as the best noise cancelling in the industry? Yeah, great question. Uh, and thank you for this uh, good feedback. It's always uh, <laughs> exciting uh, and uh, cool to hear that. 
you know, uh, in order to understand this, I, I, we have to think in terms of context, right? Uh, when you were describing crisp, you, you used the word magical, and that's really most of the users, how, how, how they describe crisp, right? And what is magic? Like if you think about what is the experience that we call magical, it's the um, it's the unexpected easiness, right? Or something that is beyond your expectation. There is some level of expectation that you have around technology, about noise cancellation or other things that are around there. And if there is something that it's so much better than your expectations, then wow, this is... You, you, you call it magic, right? And in terms of the technology and the quality uh, of technology, um, Chris was able to kind of surpass uh, and exceed expectations uh, of users. And uh, I believe that was one of the key areas w what made the technologies and the products so special because nobody expected that such a thing is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, And I guess like as, as, as a quick, uh, like trying to dive a little bit deeper into that. Do you think it has something to do with Crisp specifically focusing on one use case while other other companies were maybe focusing on multiple use cases? Or or what do you think set them apart so well? Yeah, well, um, that's actually very, um, very, very good question. So the, the point with noise cancellation is that it's so wide, right? Like, you can apply, it's very horizontal use case. You can think of it about like every possible uh, call or every possible context. Uh, it starts from any call center call needs to be without noise. Every sales call, online, I don't know, interview, webinar, uh, game chats or what have you, right? So the range is quite big. And initially... We, we, even we weren't sure during this search for PMF or finding the right market where we would want to focus on, even we weren't sure what would be the right fit. We initially, we would want like, it can be used by anybody, right? Uh, but, but then as we learned more uh, and understood the market and understood the users and understood where we could add the most value, it seemed to make more sense to focus on the professional use case, these prosumers that are using Zoom, Teams, and apps like that for business communication because we think it's a good ground and we saw a lot of traction and, excite and excitement in this market. By the way, the first version of Crisp's website uh, was uh, black because we we were thinking uh, more about this gaming market and the gaming websites that tend to be in uh, darker colors, right? But once we uh, clarified the strategy and we understood that, no, you know, we want to focus on these professional use cases and uh, where the voice matters and the professionalism matters. Uh, and when, when, when we remove noise, we add professionalism, right, to the call. Right. Um, that's where we changed the colors. <laughs> now our uh, website is uh, lighter and more uh, according to the expectations in the prosumer market. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I, I think it's a credit to your product team where you guys are thinking to that level as well, because every part of the process of the flow makes such a big difference to the customer. Not, not only the app and app as well, but you know, when you get to the website of the application, like you mentioned, gaming websites might have more dark and and you know more vibrant colors like reds and stuff like that thrown in there 
while professional websites will have more whites and you know and and, and oh yeah only that. you know there is a huge i don't know how to call it maybe abyss between an idea or even a tech t- t- technology that works in a lab and the product that you can sell on a market right and there is and and uh that's the key like the skill if you will uh for the product team to figure out how to bridge this gap uh in a right way and make the right choices to package right. the product well and make it work in all these different environments with all the edge cases etc right right okay cool and and i think uh, what's really interesting what you mentioned there is that you guys shifted from more of a gaming focused uh product to a more professional focus and i feel like uh, but I, but I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. One of the ways you guys decided to address the gaming market was through your partnerships, through companies that were already you know pretty prevalent there. And of course, you know, Discord is, is one of the biggest ones, the one biggest one I know. But I know that you guys also recently partnered with uh, Twilio, Twilio Video uh, for their use case, and you have other partnerships across the industry. So it seems yeah. like partnerships are pretty essential when it comes to a platform mm-hmm. like Crisp. And so. Uh, first off, I, I'd love to know sort of your the, the the team's thought process behind making these partnerships with the companies, and then from there, you know, when it comes to product development, how do you think about making the product so it easily integrates with these third party solutions? Yeah, so uh, you know that that comes from the understanding that noise is a kind of fundamental problem, like it, it can apply to everything, right? Uh, but we also that's one perspective and the other perspective is that as a startup company you need to be laser focused on doing some one thing and doing that one thing extremely well right so although we realize that there is this plethora of use cases that we could potentially cover we needed to make the strategic choices about which ones we're focusing on so uh that's how we came up with this uh, with our focus on the prosumer market and the call centers, because we discovered that, especially in call centers, the quality of voice and the professionalism and the absence of noise are extremely important and valuable and something that is directly connected to the ROI. Uh, and so Chris made a very natural sense and natural fit there. Uh, but the question is, what about other use cases, right? There are there, there are many of those. And uh, the way we think about other supporting other use cases is through this partnership. We also we also have this technology licensing pro- program uh, where we uh, sell the SDK and the, like the technology itself. So if you're a developer doing some uh, developing an app in an other use case. <laughs> Right, right. That where we're not focusing on, you can uh, we we can partner together and you can get the SDK integrated into your uh, own application, like communication application or what have you, uh, and have the best in class noise cancellation integrated. And that's kind of how we uh, increase the reach, increase the addressable market of the technology without going into and doing all the heavy work of addressing those different specific use cases. Uh, In case of Discord, this was a very cool partnership that we're very uh, happy and proud of. Uh, And we we thought the the thinking is this, like we're we're not focusing on games, right? We're focusing on professionals. 
but how do these professionals discover that there such a solution exists in a market, right? Well, when does professionals, after a busy work day, come back home and want to relax a little bit? They maybe uh, go and do some gaming and use Discord. Right. <laughs> so, so, so we thought that it would be a nice place and an effective way to to raise awareness about our solution. So if they, uh, and a built-in demo, if you will, right? Yeah. Uh, so once they discovered the magic of CRISP, uh, then they can go and use CRISP in their professional uh, applications and in their companies with Zoom teams, etc. So it's a natural, like this good SDK partnership uh, with Discord and also an awareness component to help our uh, core uh, app business. Yeah, no, that's such a such a unique acquisition f- uh, funnel you mentioned there. Uh, and now that you talk, like you're talking about it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that, you know, a lot of the pro users, including myself, like doing some gaming on the side after a long week. And um, and that use case of, of isolating voices isn't only in gaming, but it's in professional uh, circumstances as well. So you could obviously, if, if you see the value from, from the gaming point of view, you can translate that to your professional point of view too. And that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Um, and it's such a unique funnel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, that's, that's, that's so interesting. And, um, and yeah, I think that, especially that partnership with Discord, I, for me at least, I, you know, based on what I've seen, has been such, such a valuable uh, thing for your team. Because uh, everybody I've talked to, even like personal friends or people in the industry, I feel like that is like nine times out of ten the biggest the biggest way they found Crisp, and yeah. you know, and, and so, such a big part of your growth today. So uh, that definitely paid off a lot, and um, mm-hmm. and yeah, perfect. Well, Crisp also recently added a new technology that not only replaces background noise but also replaces background voices now, which is so unique um, because you know I. I you know the the one case where the one case where Chris couldn't help me in the past was if my you know, like my mom's cooking, my dad's watching TV. That's okay, but if they yell at if they say something to me while I'm <laughs> you know recording a podcast like this, it's gonna come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So you know, definitely that's uh you know that that's such a great feature for me to have. Um, and so I was just wondering, you know, like what technological evolution and and, and change in approach allowed crisp to add such a feature because it is a very unique feature that i haven't seen in many other platforms if any other than crisp yeah uh well um you know it's about it's um again uh about thinking so there are a lot of noise cancellation solution that popped out after after crisp uh some are built in with this calling platform some are uh not right some there are kind of copycats of CRISP, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, all of them, basically, the AI, the neural network that's inside of them, is kind of trained in a somewhat similar way. You take a lot of human voices. I'm just simplifying it, Just but but the core of it is this. You take a lot of human voices, and then you take a lot of non-human voices, everything else, and then you teach the network to separate between the two. And you tell it, hey, you know, keep the human voices and remove everything else. If something is not human voice, whatever it is, then you remove it. It's it's a noise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this approach works well uh, with all these types of, I don't know, 
barking dogs and sirens and construction noise, etc. But it doesn't. Uh, but it where it fails is with human voices, where the noise is the human voice itself. Yeah, when somebody yeah. is talking in the background, so because this technology is not trained in a way to separate between the human voices, so as to know that you know this human voice is important and need to keep it, and this one is not. Um, th- that's where it fails. And when we thought about like what's what would be the natural evolution of our technology, that's where it goes, right? To be so exact and so good that we not only separate the noises but we also are able to separate the voices and this is a particularly important and valuable use case uh, for several occasions so for work from home there is the thing that you've mentioned or like uh, some um, partners are having different calls from the same room right so right, something yeah. like that um, and after the pandemic, the other use case that we see is that after the pandemic, uh, people went back to offices, right? This open open office setup. And, and what they discovered that changed is that now there are a lot more uh, calls that are happening because, uh, the, because of the hybrid setup. Some people are in the office and some are not. So even if it's a 10-person meeting, but one one of them is not in the office, then boom, it's a virtual uh, meeting, right, on, on Zoom. And so we had a lot of, and so there are not many meeting rooms available, which result in many people having different calls from the open office space. And there you have it, a lot of voices that conflict with each other and uh, create these noisy situations. Uh, and, uh, of course, there is the call center use case as well when there are many people talking. Uh, and obviously, the type of noise that you have is uh, the human noise and the voices. So uh, that's where we tasked our uh, team to like think about how to solve it. And from the technical and the difficulty perspective, uh, it's maybe, I don't know, like 10 times more difficult uh, technological task, right? To be able to yeah. separate the voices uh, from each other rather than uh, voices from noises. Um, and um, yeah, uh, kudos to our uh, team that was able to solve it. Now we're, yeah. we've brought it to market. We see uh, good adoption uh, on this feature. And uh, we think that now that the market is more crowded with competing solutions, this is something that differentiates as well. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's, it, it's especially very impressive because, you know, like you mentioned there, when you have general noises like barking dogs or, or, or pots clanging, um, that's easy to train on because that's a general training set. But yeah. specifically for my voice, for example, you have a specialized training set that you have to train the model on. Um, and, and I like, you know, <laughs> that, 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 that's a much harder problem because you don't have the range of data that you do for general, uh, for, for a general training yeah. set. So that's, that's very big kudos to the, to the AI team at, at, at crisp, because that, that's a very hard problem to solve. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, like you mentioned, there, not only the AI team, you know, that in order to bring this tech to the market. Uh, there were a lot of, it's not, the AI sh- surely brought the tech, but there is a lot of 
product mechanics, like product engineering that needs to be done so that it integrates in the product uh, well, because that's not trivial because of the specifics of the technology. Uh, and there is also some considerable work to do on the design side to in order to communicate how the technology works so that yeah. people would understand, right? Because uh, this is not some t- kind of tech that you're used to seeing in other products. So we have to educate the users about how this technology works from the ground up. So uh, bringing this tech to the market required this coordinated effort among many teams. Uh, and right. uh, it's something that we still work on to perfect further. For sure. Yeah. No, and I think, and I think that's a problem a lot of AI companies are running into right now where, you know, the tech is one thing, that's its own issue. But educating the end customer about the technology and making them comfortable with it is such a big problem. And that's where product and design and marketing step in to really to really steer that. And that's where I think products can be so important uh, because it's not about only the technology. It's about the end customer actually understanding the technology and wanting to use it and adopt it. Yeah, exactly. Like even, even if you think about this, a chat GPT thing, right? It's the technology itself is not new. It it is available and was available before uh, OpenAI uh, had this GPT three API available, and not it's GPT three. <laughs> that means that there were GPT one and two, but nobody seemed to notice or, or uh, explore it further. And what the only thing that they changed is they added this UX layer that you can talk with it, right? They, they made it conversational and boom, it went viral. Uh, so the UX and this, how you, how, how you teach people to use the tech and approach it is, is very important, especially for these new technologies uh, in AI. For sure. And I think that's, it, it's, it's too underrated in our industry. I think people focus way too much on the tech. And that's one of the reasons I see a bunch of startups in AI or in general fail because they focus so much on technology and not on the end use case. Um, so, you know, that's, that's big kudos to you and the team. And, uh, I hope that, you know, the adoption rate is, uh, keeps going up. So, and, and more people take on the technology. And I think that actually leads to my next question, which is, you know, retention is such a key area in any product being successful. And, you know, with crisp, like I had that magic moment with, with crisp. But what keeps me onto the platform? Uh, that's such an important question for the product team to answer and, and, and for teams across the co- uh, company to answer. So I was just wondering for, for the team at Crisp, you know, what are some ways you and the team have worked around, uh, around making sure that your users keep on the platform and they want to keep using Crisp? Yeah, great question. So um, maybe I would give the context about why it was challenging. Uh, right, especially for a product like Crisp. So the general, like, uh, first, I want to give big kudos to Reforge because the first thing that we did uh, with a team when we started to think about growth and retention and acquisition and how to stick everything together is we went uh, full Reforge and that's where our funnels becomes loops, became loops, and, and we, it kind of elevated our thinking a lot. And the core idea, uh, one important idea that we learned from that is that like, if you wanna uh, keep people using your platform, you have to continuously show the value, right? You have to 
continue, especially if it's a SaaS offering, like it's a subscription. You have to, if you don't show the value continuously, then they will not use it anymore and then and they'll churn. So it's a problem, right? So the core idea is to, you have to show value consistently, not one time, but consistently. And when we started thinking about it in crisp context, well, there were uh, a lot of problems. First, we want to show the value, but hey, crisp is an audio product. <laughs> the value is not shown. It, it's kind of heard, right? right. So that's the first thing. And it, the, the thing gets worse because it's not something that you hear as a crisp user, but it's something that others uh here and not even not here but actually not here <laughs> because the value <laughs> because the value that crisp adds to the conversation is something that we remove audibly <laughs> for the other side so the challenge then is how do you show it to the crisp user so that they can continuously see the value and continuously use the product right mm-hmm. uh and do that, and uh, and 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 do that knowingly, because like that th- that was the other part of the challenge uh, uh, of doing this exercise at Crisp, because Crisp is very, you know, um, invisible. You set mm-hmm. it up, and it just works. You know, it yeah. it works every time. It works for every call. It doesn't take too much attention to itself. And we had this valid question. Even for those users who do use Crisp, are they even aware of it <laughs> or no, right? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that was the uh, that was the problem and and the challenge that uh, we had. Uh, and uh, big kudos to the growth team headed by Asti Pili, who was thinking about different ways of how to approach this problem, how to solve it. And actually, we found a solution to this in the um, habit, in the psychology of this habit formation. Uh, maybe I think everybody uh, pretty familiar with this concept of habit loop, right? Like how you form habits. It starts with a trigger, uh, then the trigger gets you to do some action, and it ends with a reward. So, and if the reward was good enough and satisfying enough, next time you see the trigger, you will do the action. Right? And, and then the loop refi- repeats itself. So uh, we had the trigger, that is the call. We had the action that is, you know, using crisp. We were missing the reward. And right. so we came up with the idea of, you know, show at the end of the call to show this brief call summary screen uh, that would visually show the total noise and echo that was removed. Right, from right. the call. It's a very simple concept. It's nothing uh, groundbreaking about it if you think about it, right? It's a simple, you know, pop-up notification. Uh, but it made wonders for us <laughs> in terms of retention uh, and also impacting the monetization because people now were able to quantify, you know, visibly and quantifiably the amount of value that Chris brought to their calls or like the amount of noise that was removed and the intensity of it. Um, And so they were more motivated and more aware of the value. So they're more likely to pay for it and they're more likely to use it continuously because they're able to to see it. Uh, 
so yeah like that that that's how we uh, approach this and uh, I, I think that that was the we at the team were very excited about it because that that was an interesting way uh, maybe non-traditional because I doubt that there are other products that had the similar kind of tricky problem that we had of right. showing something that others don't hear <laughs> uh, but but yeah that that's where we are right that makes a lot of sense and um and yeah it's such a it's such an interesting problem like how do you show for a product that's supposed to be invisible and supposed to be seamless and 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 just like in the, working in the background how do you show that value how do you deliver that value and it's such a it's a fun problem you know and and it, it's it's yeah. very cool to see the way your your team approached it and and what the ultimate solution was and uh, and the benefits of that right and i think uh, uh I, I knew you were going to get to that where, where you're showing that value because I saw I, I see it in my own use of Chris. <laughs> um, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons why I respect the product so much is because you're showing that value to me and, I, and I'm constantly reminded about what Chris has done for me. Um, and, and I think so many great companies do that so well. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's such a unique way of doing it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I still think that we need, we have some place to improve it in terms of showing the impact that crisp has better and more probably like real time uh, but yeah software software is never done right <laughs> and then yeah. we will keep improving it oh um, for sure no I'm super excited and uh, and I'm sure with the with you know, with more people joining the team and and just your uh, and, and some of the additions and AI, uh, you know, Crisp will only get better. So super excited to see the future of Crisp, and thank you so much for going through that. Um, and while I have you on the podcast, you know, moving a little bit specific, moving away from specifically Crisp, uh, you know, you're one of the product leaders in the industry, and so I wanted to get your thoughts in terms of leading a product team, um, and and in general, like when you are leading a team of product managers. What is the core team principles that you look for when it comes to your current product managers or a new product manager coming onto a team? Yeah. Well, uh, first, I think finding product manager finding product managers is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe because the role is somehow loosely defined, and each company would uh, define it in their own way. And so it's different. Uh, so it's difficult to find the uh, the persona that fits exactly your definition, right? That that would fit exactly your company with the values and the dynamics uh, and the specific mojo that you have in a team. Uh, but uh, yeah, for 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 Crisp, uh, we've uh, I think there are several things. First is we want people with intelligence. Uh, maybe this might sound trivial, uh, but uh, we discovered that it's really not because there are a lot of frameworks, there are these books, etc., and people can really know those well, but product management is very practical discipline. Uh, and you'll find that it's not really about, you know, copying some framework from somewhere, I don't know, getting Spotify squats <laughs> or something like that and bringing it, implementing it at your end. You always need to do some additional thinking about if it makes sense or if it's valuable or if this is valuable or if it's valuable to do now. 
So this requires a lot of this raw intellectual horsepower, uh, and we respect that a lot. One of the values that we have at CRISP is that, you know, the best arguments win. Uh, and like, no matter whose argument is this, the challenge is that you have to bring those arguments and communicate them well. Uh, so even uh, with an example of call summary, right, that, that I've mentioned before, we had this idea for quite some time, maybe from the first day that we released CRISP, what we were lacking is this good arguments <laughs> that would, you know, prove that, hey, you have to do exactly this and not something else. Right. So, uh, one, so one thing that we're looking for is this intelligence and uh, analytics, but also balanced with deep user empathy and ability to see the problem from many different angles so that we, whenever we make decision or uh, decide something important uh, about the future, we, we are able to really see it from other angles and be the voice of those people who are not in the room at the time. Um, that, that only comes with empathy. Uh, and that's uh, also the other thing that we're looking out for. Uh, and, and the third one is, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good your arguments are or how deep of an empathy you have if you're not able to communicate it effectively. Right. Uh, so uh, the third and maybe core uh, important part of it is that the product manager, especially the product manager, because the product manager are working like as an organizational glue, right? They're working with everybody uh, and kind of acting as the one that's not in a room. So it's important to empathize and communicate well, uh, both internally and externally, both orally and in writing. Uh, we're uh, especially given the global nature of our team, that some of the team members are in the US, some of them in Europe, some of them in, the Arme in Armenia, uh, and a lot of communication is happening asynchronously over Slack in a written form. Uh, so it's important to be able to formulate and write concisely and well, uh, and also talk <laughs> concisely <laughs> and well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, and that obviously goes on top of uh, everything else that a product manager should be able to do, you know, write stories, work with a team, do user research, etc. But we believe that those three foundational blocks are important, are the core precondition for uh, success uh, right. at CRISP. So. Right, that makes sense. And I think um, it, it's really hard to find people who are who are great at all three, which is which is the fundamental problem with product, great product managers, right? Yeah, that's them. why it's difficult to find them, right? <laughs> exactly, especially like, you know, people, I feel like people who have a lot of intelligence or like getting really technical, they'll lack some of that user empathy component or people who are super business focused and just focus on the business use case won't necessarily look at the feasibility of, uh, of you know, the, of, of the, of, of a business, of a technical, uh, you know, condition. So it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting problem, even there in the hiring problem and the trying to find the best product manager problem. Um, and yeah, like it's, 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 it's always interesting to see how everybody has their own sort of solution to this. 
and, and I think it narrows down to some degree uh, in terms of each individual person. But the thing, the three things that do stay pretty consistent are those three elements that you mentioned there, the deep user empathy, the being highly skilled in terms of technical knowledge, and then being able to communicate. And, um, and yeah, and you, know, other... you know, show it. Uh, I, I can uh, share one example uh, right. about, uh, about how I got into CRISP. So uh, I, I saw the vacancy and obviously I sent my CV and I thought I could send a, um, you know, the accompanying cover letter, like as expected, right, from a, a classic job application. But I thought like, hey, this is an audio company and they say that they remove noise. Why don't I uh, make a cover letter in the form of a, audio files. So I, I went to somewhere noisy and I recorded myself in this noisy place saying, hey, I want to join this company. I, I know that it's recording is noisy, but you're so great with noise cancellation that I believe that you will remove the noise and understand what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that what I wanted to do with this is like, hey, showing that I'm kind of creative. Right. right, but it's one way to write in a CV. Hey, I'm creative, <laughs> and the other way is actually, you know, uh, showing it in something that is very visible and understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's kind of a thing that we we expect from the team as well. Like, show me, don't tell me, uh, and bring all the supporting evidence with it. Right. And I think that passion for the product is so important. And, you, and you're displaying, you displayed that with that unique cover letter there. Um, it's funny, though, because on a little bit of a side note, nowadays, um, you know, with cover letters, I just see people going on chat GPT and just throwing cover letters in there now. Um, but, but no, that, that's a super unique cover letter and a really interesting story there. Um, but yeah, so... You know, one thing you mentioned there is how your team spread out between the U.S., Europe, and specifically Armenia. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, before I got to know about Crisp, I, I didn't know that Crisp was Armenian-based. And, um, and you know, a lot of the team is based out of Armenia. And, and the more I dug into, you know, into, into our, the Armenian tech scene to get prepared for this interview, I realized that, wow, okay, the Armenian tech scene is actually pretty, booming a lot. Uh, and it was a country that I didn't have that much perspective on. I just, you know, didn't didn't know as much. So, you know, what what excites you about the Armenian tech scene, and um, and why do you think the Armenian tech scene is now ready to compete with the rest of the world? Because you guys have some great products coming out. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's one of the cool parts uh, about uh, working at Crisp and like realizing that it's sort of you know like an Armenian product and. You know, even knowing that because Armenia is a tiny country somewhere there <laughs> that, that not many people have heard about. So uh, it's really great to know that uh, uh, our work also helps with, uh, you know, spreading a word about a, a country. So, yeah, it, Armenia is a post-Soviet. Uh, it, in the past, Armenia was part of a Soviet Union. And uh, back in the day, it was kind of the Silicon Valley of the Soviet Union uh, because a lot of this high-tech, uh, you know, computers, etc., were developed here. And uh, there is this strong school of fundamental sciences of, you know, math and physics, etc. Uh, 
And, you know, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, it turns out that there are there is this school and there are so many talented uh, scientists and uh, engineers um, that served as the foundation of this new, you know, wave, right, after the Soviet Union and the independent Armenia. So that kind of this uh, knowledge that passed on served as the basis. That's why uh, we have uh, great uh, engineering and, you know, research and science talent uh, available here. What we were lacking uh, is this, you know, marketing and product skills because the Soviets were not great at it and it was not the place to be good at, right? right. Um, so that that's where uh, we were lacking. But thankfully, uh, but well, first the government recognized the IT as the uh, priority uh, sector of the economy and they're aiding it with... Uh, tax breaks and uh, a lot of tax reduction with helping establish IT companies. Everything is done online and mm -hmm. there are significant tax uh, advantages, you know, techno parks, etc. So all this infrastructure to help. Uh, there is also a huge Armenian diaspora uh, spread around the world that is kind of helping with expertise, with money and, you know, like this bringing this knowledge uh, that we're lacking and put it on top of the engineering that's uh, right. already there. Uh, and I think slowly but surely we're getting there when we get this healthy mix of uh, of uh, engineering talent and the product and marketing, this business acumen uh, in order to compete on a global scene. And uh, we have some great success stories now. The uh, a lot of startups uh, coming up, and uh, the biggest one probably is Pixar, that's been valued. That's a unicorn. That like the first Armenian unicorn. Uh, uh, the photo editing app uh, that again was uh, started here uh, and and then spread worldwide. So um, yeah, now now the tech scene of Armenia is um, booming, and there are a lot of uh, new companies uh, establishing. Uh, and yeah, we're hopefully uh, looking into the bright future. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's it's super exciting. I think um, you know, you know, alongside Armenia, just in general, the globalization of products has been such an interesting phenomenon to watch. Uh, because even as soon as ten years ago, a lot of times the external countries were were just used as support teams for 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 the U.S. based corporations. But in the last 10 years, you've seen so many countries just pop up and, and, and make their own, and actually make their own products and make their own company that they're bringing to a global stage. And, you know, you mentioned Pixar there. Of course, Crisp is one of them. But even like countries like, uh, for example, like Israel or India, they have a bunch of new unicorns coming out. So it's just been so interesting to see the globalization there. And uh, yeah, and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the next uh, big companies come from Armenia alongside, of course, the ones that are already doing so well. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I think that's the power of internet, right? And the yeah. power of technology that uh, the barrier to entry is very low. And the only thing that you need is a brain and a vision and the courage uh, <laughs> to get coupled with persistent <laughs> persistence yeah. uh, to go and uh, make it happen. 
and at least a Raspberry Pi level computer so you can get some code down. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, perfect. It was it was uh, so great having you on the podcast. And uh, t- the two last questions I have before I let you go is first, is there a book that you recommend us checking out? A book? Um, you know, there, there are many, many books uh, along with, you know, the standard ones that everybody recommends, some non-standard ones. Uh, but uh, I don't know, nothing that pops up. Uh, I think probably like Good to Great is a good book uh, because it has this healthy mix of stories and theory uh, behind them. Uh, and, and Innovator's Dilemma. Uh, it's difficult to read because it's very academic, like from, from, from my experience. Uh, but uh, I think it's also very to the point and makes this the point that they're making is v- very clear and very actionable, that you can put the book aside, look at your product or like company and organization, see what you were not seeing before and take an immediate action. Okay. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I haven't heard about Good to Great, but I know The Innovator's Dilemma is on my bookshelf. I'm, <laughs> I'm still getting around to it. You know, I um, I, don't know, I, I get sidetracked. I, I should be reading a lot more, but I get sidetracked. And um, and yeah, I got to make reading a priority, but I'll slowly get there. I'll get to that book as well. <laughs> um, but perfect. Yeah, I guess to so the last question I have is, you know, what are the next steps for you and Chris? What can we look forward to? Oh, yeah, we're cooking a lot of interesting things out there. So uh, I think something that we can call CRISP 2.0 is coming uh, in the near future. I won't tell you what it is, uh, but I will tell you that it's an exciting (laughs) project and uh, an exciting uh, evolution on top of what we uh, already have. Um, so yeah, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're cooking it now and very soon, um, we will have a chance, uh, to release it. So yeah, uh, that's the perfect. Thing. Perfect. Well, <laughs> I'm really excited. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I didn't tell as much as you would expect me to, but that's my main point is, you know, uh, Keep updated, keep in touch, and good things will come are coming. <laughs> For sure. No, I, I'm excited to cancel more noises with Crisp 2.0 and uh, and perhaps do some other stuff as well. So looking forward to that coming out. And of course, if you guys want to follow the journey, feel free to follow Carapet on LinkedIn or uh, or you know follow Crisp on Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever uh, Crisp is available. Yeah. And um, and yeah, thank you so much, guys, for listening in. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast once again. 